like a moment from a horror movie. You have been hanging out in the wrong clubs, Mr. Wayne. I've seen this movie. Smoke and mirrors, guys. Welcome to the movie factory. Join the club. We've got jackets. And you stole it from a movie. We want you in our club, kid. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Burke Reviews Movie Club. I'm John Burke. And with me, as always, Corey Starr. Hello, hello. And we are here on week number three of Subs Not Dubs, and we're talking about the 1988 film Akira. Um, But before we get into our review of Akira, we are going to see what else we've been watching and what's been going on since the last time we recorded. Corey, how are you doing? I'm tired. I'm so tired. Oh, I'm so sorry. (laughs) So tired. I like, I, I feel exhaustion this week. Like, I can't even compare it to ever before i don't know what's wrong with me i'm just so tired that doesn't sound good at all what um no 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 reason huh like have you not been sleeping i mean i never sleep but you know like maybe it's all catching up to me but i'm just so exhausted i mean that's (sighs) definitely a, a possibility you can only go so long without um you know, uh, it wearing you down, like you burn, it's burning the candle at both ends kind of thing. I mean, I try a lot of things. I, you know, take melatonin, which has been, I've been back to having really weird bad dreams again. Like, I don't know. I don't know if anybody else like has those experiences with melatonin, but Hey, um, <laughs> like, I don't know. Um, I listen to my headspace. Y'all, I love the sleep casts. They need to make more of those. We They are not sponsoring us. I do get it through my work for free, though, as a, you know, COVID perk. Um, you know, I do what I can. I wear a sleep mask. <sighs> Here we are, guys. So, that, man, um, I... I have gone through phases where I have a rough time sleeping. I get anxiety, uh, sleep where like, I, I can't stop like worrying about something. So a lot of times if it's, I have to wake up at a unusual time and I'm like concerned about oversleeping, I will just not sleep well at all. And I keep waking up thinking I've overslept. Um, that's the worst. That's usually, it's not my norm. Like that just happens on occasion. Uh, I rarely sleep through the night. Um, I usually have to go pee or something. And uh, I think it was like a week ago. I, I slept through the night for like the first time in a while. And oh, I felt really, really well rested. It was. Um, and I, the, the thing I'd done differently, I was, I think I was mad when I went to sleep. So I just wanted to go to sleep. So like I didn't sit on my phone or anything. I just like, I mm. plugged my phone in and set it down. And so I thought that was it. I thought I was like, wow, have I found out that I just need to not be on my phone for like when I lay down. Um, and so I tried to repeat that the next night and I did fall asleep faster by not like distracting myself with the phone, but yeah. I did not sleep through the night. So it was not, that was not the reason. Um, it's just apparently I was so tired or, uh, maybe I didn't drink as much water or something that day. Uh, I don't know, then, but then I wake up with headaches cause I'm dehydrated. Anyone who's bad. known me for a long time knows I drink a lot of water. I I need I try to drink more and then like I'll just end up not drinking as much water as I meant to and um some days I'm I'm very good about it and other days it's like I I keep getting other liquids instead or like I'll, I do drink a lot of coffee but I try to drink more decaf than regular um 
I need uh, my hope is this summer I'm gonna I'm gonna try to go back off of caffeine because well I I for a while I was only drinking decaf coffee and because uh, I drink a lot of coffee like that needs to be understood like I'm drinking if I was drinking regular coffee it would be very bad at the peak of my coffee drinking where I was like I was drinking maybe two pots of coffee but it was all decaf so it wasn't like you know, twenty four cups. It's but yes, yeah, like two full pots of coffee, but decaf. Like I really want to emphasize that. Like I was not drinking two pots of regular coffee. No, 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 no. Um, but uh, that was why because I like to drink coffee, and so I was like, well, if I'm going to drink coffee like that, I'm not going to drink regular. Um, and then over the last couple of years, I, 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 I don't remember what made me finally try like a bang energy drink. Um, if it was just like I was really, really tired, but I needed to go to the gym and. I was like, oh, I'll just have one. And then once I had one, it was very, very quickly like, oh, I'll just have energy drinks again. And uh, I need to I need to back off of them. Um, I don't drink too many. And I I don't drink the bangs or the rain anymore because they're like 300 milligrams of caffeine. Holy. Yeah. So I've gone back to like Monster, which is like 160 milligrams. Uh, Nothing more than two. I I don't. But I think that's the problem. I think I've hit a point where I'm like almost immune to caffeine. So I need to wean myself off of it again. Um, and I, I don't want to do it during like the school year. So I'm going to wait till the summer hits. And then I will hopefully when school starts back next year, I will be uh, off of the caffeine, at least way down. Um, I've never counted soda caffeine. Cause I just, that doesn't seem to affect me. And I don't drink a lot of soda, although I am drinking more soda now than I did for a while where I didn't drink soda at all. Um, that, yeah. Uh, it, the desperation for a sweet tooth thing brought diet soda back into my world because it's a, it's a better alternative than eating most candy. Um, and it does, it does often satisfy my sweet tooth, but I, again, I've started drinking that much more frequently than just a, I have a craving kind of thing. So want to try to pull that back too, but, um, uh, I had a dentist appointment. I think a couple of weeks ago I had a root canal done, right? Yeah. And I've been waiting to get my temporary uh, crown cap. I still don't understand what you get after you get a root canal, but I had to get the thing like the temporary tooth and I get my permanent one in two weeks uh, from yesterday. I think it's a crown. Crown. Now the catch is what I'd forgotten when I made, when I had my appointment yesterday was that uh, the first root canal was not complete because I had a, an infection. And so he put medicine in, in the root. Like he did, I guess, I don't know how many, I guess the tooth has four roots. He did two of the roots um, and then was waiting to do the third one because he put medicine in that one. So I went in yesterday without that in mind, that I wasn't technically done with the root canal. So I was still having a root canal done yesterday. And then I would get the temporary crown. Um and he found the fourth root, which I guess he didn't see the first time. But so he was very proud of himself. Good job. This is not a diss. He's a, a great dentist. I've now two times. I've very, I can't say I've enjoyed it, mind you, because it is, it's torture. I dented, dentistry is e- evil, but so necessary because I don't oh, understand no. why our teeth hurt so much. You know, they're so tiny. They affect like, your heart health. They affect everything yeah well, when i got my first root canal he pointed out like the x-ray that my, my sinuses were really messed up because of it um because it's the it's a top molar and it, like oh. that was what he had to put like medicine in me uh to like treat it or whatever and i guess i'm okay now um but he was also like 
he got all four of the roots and was like showing the x-ray off like look at this look how good i did and he's like it's better than expected and i'm like okay cool uh i don't know um i i still i'm in a little bit of pain but for the most part considering how much pain i anticipated being in it's not as bad as i had always feared um which i i was told by them that the root canal process has gotten much much better than it used to be so i guess i'm benefiting of waiting for technology to catch up to my fear but um it was i was in the dentist chair for three and a half hours yesterday and they were also exhausted but like um you know, I, I, apparently I'm able to nap when they're, when they're like drilling in my teeth. Cause I felt, I was pretty sure I fell asleep the first time. What? She made a comment that I is like, sorry to wake you from your nap. So apparently I am capable of falling asleep while this is happening to me, which is a Just really great. John, Cause I can't even sleep at <laughs> night, you know? And you're well, like, yeah, I went to the dentist, had my face, you know, <laughs> I, I, I close my eyes as soon as they start the process. And I, I don't know if this is normal for the scenario that I'm having a root canal, but they put like a block in my mouth. So I can't close my mouth. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. The first time he did it, he made it sound like it was because I was being a pain in the ass about keeping my mouth open. Uh, yesterday was part of the process and they have like the little tarp thing on it. And then there's like a fire thing that I, I've not been brave enough to look. There is definitely some type of blowtorch happening in my mouth. I smell fire. Oh, I smell like, and I don't know what's happening. But there's definitely like a burning thing happening around me, and it's like over. Oh I have God. a very sensitive sense of smell, yeah. And I'm like, there's something burning, and I don't. I'm not gonna look because I don't want to see it because I'm gonna freak out. Does but, it? It's. Does it smell like like fire? I don't know how. It's, oh, it's, like it. It's. It's definitely fire, and I, it, there's a a warming sensation. I don't know. I have no idea. Again, I'm not open my eyes. Do not ask questions. I just let things happen. But um. Yeah, apparently I can nap, uh, which is cool because it, it does help the, the time pass. But um, and I'm definitely not like full out of sleep, right? Like I'm just like I'm able to zone out enough that I'm getting like a little cat nap, which is great. But when I'm looking at my watch, I'm like, how is it? How am I still in this chair? Like, this is so long. Like my appointment was at two. It was like four thirty. I can tell they want to go home. Oh, I want to yeah. go home, but they're not done. Like they're working on the temporary tooth and. Um, I did. I, I was very proud of a dad joke I got to make early on, like the beginning of the appointment. The assistant's like, "Did they make an impression of your tooth?" And I was like, "I don't know." She's like, "Okay," and she like checked the records. Like, I have to make an impression of your tooth. I'm like, "I got it." Hey, I'm a tooth, and that's the impression, folks. That's I'm out of here. The level of dad joke that I have now hit that my daughter is 18. Um, I can now tell the best of the dad jokes uh, in my cargo shorts, and I'm okay with that. I, I've my accepted my role. To adulthood level yes. unlocked. I get to make all the dumb dad jokes I want. Um, I found that one very, very good. I thought it was funny. Um, not sure how the, the assistant felt, but she did not injure me, so it couldn't have been too bad. Um, <laughs> can you... Like, I know that they do this for a long time, and I have also, I have had extensive dental work done also due to not having, like, any kind of health insurance or dental insurance growing up. Growing up, same, same. And, like, I just can't imagine doing something, like, there's no room, there's not a lot of room for error, you know? Like, being, working in such a small space, and, like, so often there are two people in there working at once, you know? Yes. (sighs) 
Uh, wait, are you talking about in your mouth or like in the room? Because I'm impressed by both of those things, whichever both, one you're talking. Both things, but I mean like in my mouth because like when I've had to have like really serious things done, like there's my dentist like doing the stuff, but she also has like the dental, I don't know, tech, tech technologist in my mouth, like sucking up stuff and cleaning stuff and like keeping it workable for her, you know? And I mean like that's you know serious yeah it really it's wild the level of teamwork that was that was the one thing though Corey. uh he was training her how to do stuff on my mouth and i was like i don't remember signing up to be the guinea pig um i'm already stressed like they they had the first time when i had the first root canal they had to check my blood pressure three times because i get very stressed about stuff like my blood pressure is fine if i'm not stressed out being in a dentist's office immediately raises my blood pressure like right away. Um, the last time I also found out, I, I didn't know this about myself, but when I'm really scared, apparently I shake like a chihuahua and I, I didn't know that until the first <sighs> week now. And like when they started, like I felt myself shaking in a way I, I'm like, I don't remember ever shaking like this. Like and it started right? yesterday, but then I grabbed the handrails of the chair Um white knuckling it if you will uh for a few minutes until i calmed down but i did feel the shaking coming on again and again i cannot recall that ever happening except for the two last visits of the dentist um and i don't feel scared like i feel okay right like when i'm sitting there i'm not like in my head panicking but apparently my body is like and it's it's like nope nope and i'm like oh, oh, body we have to chill because we, we got to get this done because teeth will kill you and that's a scary thing because you know, like, it's wild to believe that something so tiny can be the death of you, but it literally can. Anywho, that was my, the most of my week was that. And I had to miss work to go to the dentist because it was like in the middle of the day. And I don't usually do that. Um, I prefer not missing work. And so that doesn't add to my uh, comfort either. It's like, I'm, I literally had heard nothing from any student or from uh, my sub until I sat in the dentist chair. And that's when I got a message that something wasn't working. I was like, Oh no, I was able to fix it from my phone uh, before they started doing all this stuff. But um, I was like, of course, of course, like this is when something goes wrong. Everything's been fine all day. Um, And then now that I, I'm going to be like, you know, even though I'm not sedated, I'm going to be in a position where I can't really respond to text messages like, or read things because I'm looking up at a a light at as their hands and things in my mouth. Um, really really awful the the whole process of being like in a dentist chair just having to have your mouth open and like you said there's like not just a pair of hands it's almost four pairs of well sorry two pairs of hands but four hands just in and around your face um the amount of my own spit that was on my face yesterday was not pleasant either um yeah just you know Folks, uh, take care of your teeth, I guess, is the lesson. I thought I did. That's the worst part. I really always thought I was doing a good job. Never flossed, <laughs> to be fair. But, you know, like, I was, always, I was always like, brush, I brush my teeth morning and night. This will be all right. And then, nope, nope I've had so many teeth problems and still have, I, I'm sure I have more. That's the thing. They also know that they can only, you can only get charged for so much before the insurance won't, like, cover you anymore for, like, for the year. So, like, I swear they purposely ignore parts. Of, like, they haven't looked at the left side of my mouth. Like, well, I, I think it's, it's, like, get one thing done and then move on to the next. Let's complete. Yeah, which is fair. But I also feel like they know that, like, you know, if because if you listen to them talk, if it's not done right away, 
it's yeah. it's gonna be bad so like if there's I something mean, on the other side can we get it fixed now before it's like <laughs> bad like i don't want to wait to have another root canal can we fix it right now um but yeah uh i did also though hear my dentist tell a, a, an older guy had like an emergency like a chipped tooth or whatever so he was there to get it like temporarily fixed and the dentist was like dude you need to go to a dermatologist and i'm like i i based on the context of what i was hearing the dude like is he's a snowbird and he's been just hanging out at the pool and the dentist was like oh, so worried about his skin he's just like you need cancer? to see a determined uh, dermatologist 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 i'm like determinologist that sounds like i make decisions that's our um, job i will determine things for you so you don't have to um but yeah that was a that was a, like a weird thing to overhear i was like wow are dentists supposed to be that adamant about seeing a dermatologist like i mean was, but i mean good for him i'm not saying he but it was like it was kind of wild because he was just like no dude seriously you need to go see a dermatologist <laughs> i was like man oh um, I didn't see the guy, so I have no idea like how bad it looked, but it sounded bad. Um, nevertheless, I guess that's enough of what we've been uh, going through this week. Um, what about what we've been watching? How we've we been staying entertained or focused or uh, distracted is possible. Um, Corey, what have you been watching since last time we recorded? Um, okay. I um, okay. We have a new season of Cursed Films on shutter matt was also very excited about that yes air high five to matt um so the first episode was on the wizard of oz i personally do not like the wizard of oz i'm very surprised that they never talk about the flying monkeys i'm sorry we needed to say that um but i love that series i don't love that terrible things happened so much on film sets that they are able to make a series about it but i find it very interesting um i don't like that they're making me wait a whole week for a new episode y'all need to stop that um i watched um sonic the new sonic with my husband ah. and it was all right and then i like the first one much better oh i i like this one more but uh, I also saw it because uh, that's what we're going to be talking about on the bloody awesome movie podcast this week. Um, I, I don't, I don't like Jim Carrey in either movie um, because I just feel like he's being the Grinch and I don't think mm. that fits. Um, I do love uh, I, in the Sonic on Sonic two. I loved all of the Sonic characters. I kind of wish they would back off of the human stuff. I felt like that's where the movie went way too long. It works. It's not that it doesn't work. It just feels unnecessary at this point, especially like the whole wedding sequence. I'm just like, this doesn't need to be in this movie. Like Sonic Knuckles and Tails are engaging enough. We don't need all of this human drama. Again, it does work. It's just not, I, I'm not there for that. I'm there to see the, the cartoon characters. And um, I, I did, it's very much a family movie, right? So like, it's not really what I'm looking for, but I did notice the kids in my theater who uh, initially were talking right away when the movie started. And I was like, Oh God, no, they got sucked into this and stopped talking. So I was stoked about that. And I was like, well, okay, this movie's doing a good job. There were um, some little kids in my theater too. And so I wasn't even thinking about kids being there because y'all know when the Sega came out, y'all know when Sonic came out on the Sega, was it Genesis? 
Uh, it was Sega Genesis way back, way back then. Okay, so I'm expecting like people our age, maybe a little older, wasn't expecting children. So I was kind of surprised by that, but that's my own error. And then just uh, the movie that we um, watched for this week. I've been really busy this week. I also had family stuff. So that's all. And studying. So I've been watching a lot of stuff. Um, I, I'm starting a anime, an animation uh, unit with my Film 1 class. So I've been trying to watch some animated things that um, I may show or I may uh, have been interested in showing. So not all of them that I've watched will ever be shown to students because I hadn't seen them. So I wasn't sure content wise if they would be appropriate or not. Um, one is definitely not because it is really grounded in reality. And that was one of the things I was looking for was like animated films that were somewhat grounded in like true story or at least real um, areas. Like uh, I watched The Breadwinner from 2017, um, which is uh, I didn't realize I thought it was older than that, but um, uh, it's about Pakistan and um, specifically uh, in, in 2001, right before. 9-11 happens here, but the Taliban rule of Pakistan and how um, it, it's, it's a really, really, I love the art style. The, um, the story is very, very compelling. And from what I have read, it is an accurate depiction and not necessarily, even, even though it apparently is an American film and it is directed by a white woman. Um, it still is a very accurate depiction of Pakistan and specifically uh, Muslim culture in Pakistan um, and not in a way that often Muslims are depicted in American cinema. So, cause I was worried when I was watching it, cause it was like, it wasn't dubbed. And I was like, Oh, should this be dubbed? Or is this like an American film? And from what I've been able to gather, it is an American film. So it's, it's in English. Um, other than a few like lines and, and phrases here and there are, are in a different language, but a lot of it is in English. And I was just like, I need to know if this is like inaccurate depiction. And from what I've, I, I haven't done a lot of digging, but from the article I read it, it was, it is a very compelling film though. I definitely uh, would recommend that one. Um, I rewatched midnight special, the Jeff Nichols film with Michael Shannon, because I am showing that to my film two class and I, I wasn't going to be there to start the movie. So I wanted to rewatch it. Love the score of that movie so much. Just a whole movie. Um, yeah. Uh, I want more people talk about it. It, it definitely went under the radar and the ending isn't entirely satisfying. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's part of where it loses a little bit of that, but yeah, there's so much good in it. Um, I just think, I think that's why I think it builds, builds, builds. And the ending isn't quite what I think we want, but I also think having now rewatched it, I actually think the ending works really well for this, the point that Nichols is making that, you know, part of being a parent is, is protecting your child, but also letting your child, you know, grow and do their own thing kind of idea. Um, so I'm, I'm still kind of processing the ending and I'm going to see it. I will see the ending again tomorrow um, as I will be with my class tomorrow as they finish it. But um, I, I watched uh, dark man, which I'd seen before, uh, but it'd been a long time, but it's the Sam Raimi uh, film. I'm watching through a lot of the Sam Raimi stuff um, for the Blink Check podcast, but I, it'd been a while since I saw Darkman, so I was like, ah, I should rewatch it. Um, it. It's so, uh, it's such a crazy thing to watch a Liam Neeson movie like this, because this is uh, four years before, or three years before Schindler's List, uh, where Liam takes on more of a dramatic role for a while. Uh, and this is like, it's zany, it's weird, it's so, so Sam Raimi. But yeah, if you haven't seen Darkman, I recommend checking it's- that out. This is the one where he lives in the um, 
he he warehouse? Gets, yeah he ends up in a okay. warehouse he makes like sure. masks and stuff uh yeah wild like kind of a, a original superhero movie because it, it, it is not based on any other property it's something sam raimi uh think co-wrote um i got michael bay's new film ambulance um it has all the michael bayisms uh mostly actually it, it is missing maybe one or two that are probably for the better um it's a solid movie it's a little it's excessively long it could have been about half an hour shorter they especially if you it's based on a uh i think a dutch film or danish film um mm-hmm from 2005 that's only 90 minutes and michael bay makes this two two hours and 16 minutes um explosions. And, and uh it's i wish it was because of the explosions because at least then it would be like engaging it he he adds a lot of um dramatic elements that are and i guess he's not the writer so whoever the writer is added a bunch of dramatic elements that are unnecessary because like the the initial story is so simple um and it really worked that way and they 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 complicate things in some ways they're, they're adding some commentary about the world that we're living in, but that's not usually a strong element of Michael Bay's filmmaking. Um, but yeah, uh, that's there. Um, I won't say much about this horror film called hatching. Um, it is a, I think it's a Swedish film that's coming out later this month. Um, I recommend Corey that you add hatching to a watch list. So I think you will, hatching? uh, hatching like, uh, hatching an egg. Okay. Um, I caught Waltz of Bashir, a 2008 animated documentary um, that is one that, I, again, I was watching for that class, but it's not it's not something I would feel comfortable showing to the class uh, because of a few things. That are, there are some there are some nudity, but it's also it's a I didn't know about this incident, but it's about a uh, um, a massacre um, oh. from the early 80s uh, involving the um, IDF, the Israeli. I don't know what the DF stands for anymore. If, if, I want to say defense, but that might not be right. But um, really, really good movie. The, I love the art style in this film too. Like the opening sequence, I was immediately like, wow, I love the way this looks. Uh, didn't know exactly what the story was going to be. It's it's a tough story. Really interesting, compelling story though. And it's uh, the way it's told is very, very uh, well done. Um, I got to see The Northman, the new uh, Robert Eggers film. Um with our uh with sean and a uh, friend of the podcast brendan who's been on it been a few years since he was on the show but he was on one of our earliest episodes for the handmaiden um and uh man uh, i really really like the northman um the the this is my, i think it's my favorite eggers film and i i like the lighthouse a lot uh this one's a little more of a traditional narrative and it might uh feel familiar in some ways um but uh man i love the viking aesthetic the the performances are incredible uh and it, it's got eggers weird visual styles uh he brings some interesting ways to show the story that are just awesome um and lastly uh i'm working through uh 1966 stuff um as we're prepping our next episode of movie astrology um a man for all seasons i caught uh which is based on henry the eighth and uh I want to say Thomas More, but now I'm sure I'm messing up the dude's name. Um, I had always heard about Henry VIII and his crazy exploits. Oh, yeah. Um, but I hadn't really uh, studied it in the way that this movie offered it. Um, I didn't know much about Thomas More. I had heard of him. But, man, I found this to be really, really compelling, which was saying something. Because I don't often like uh, period dramas. And I was, like, really into this one. Partly because it was very much an intellectual film. Like, it's... 
uh, it's a religious film in some ways. And it's, it's, there is a spirituality to Thomas More, but uh, his adherence to the law and his uh, logical thinking really clicked with me. And I was like, really like into a lot of the conversations and dialogue sequences. Um, I, I was very surprised how much I enjoyed this movie. Um, I kind of went into it like reluctantly last night. I had to finish it uh, this morning, but I was, I was like wanting to finish it. I, could, I was like, man, I really wish I could have stayed and, and caught the whole thing last night, but I started it late. Um, and then uh, I, similar situation. I'm about um, 20 minutes left of Alfred Hitchcock's torn curtain, um, which is uh, not one of my favorite Hitchcock's so far. I still have like 20 minutes left and it's not that it's bad, but it's, some of it looks bad. Like I was actually surprised at some of the, uh, the, the, choices with the backgrounds and stuff that it just it didn't age well um but uh, it's paul newman and julie andrews which is really wild yeah. seeing her in this in a hitchcock film um uh because I, I i've always seen a lot of her like 90s stuff and like early 2000s stuff so i'm used to seeing her more in that limelight than uh and obviously as you know mary poppins but that's what I, it's like hey mary poppins what are you doing in a hitchcock film you know what i'm saying like it's like what's going on um, and, and she's good in it. I'm just like, it's still like jarring. And then I, I do love Paul Newman. He's great in this as, as normal. Um, but yeah, it, it's definitely not, not one of my favorite Hitchcocks, but it's still, you know, it's suspense and it's, it is still, there's Hitchcock stuff in there for sure. It's just like, I mean, I, I've seen so many of his movies at this point and obviously some of his movies are considered the best movies of all time. So you can't have every movie you ever made be that but um i do still have 20 minutes so it might win me over more but it seems like looking at other people on letterbox who have seen it uh i'm feeling about the same it's about it's like a three star movie um which isn't a bad movie it's just when you know that you've seen like five star ver similar stories like with the tension and the suspense it is disappointing you're like oh i can't wait to watch this next hitchcock and it's like well there's a reason this isn't on the list of all the like the hitchcock movies like when you, when people list the best Hitchcock, Torn Curtain is not one that pops up. At least not that I've seen. So never heard of it. Yeah, I actually had bought it a while back. It was on a sale. Like there was a bunch of Hitchcock stuff on sale, and I'm just like, I at some point, I don't think I'll see every movie he's ever made, but I want to see as many of them as I can. And so I, I this was already on my list, and then it happens to be a 1966 <laughs> film. So I'm like, well, there you go. Now's the time. Um, so yeah, I've watched a lot of movies, uh, since last week. I didn't realize quite so many. I, I did, um, I hit really hard this weekend. I watched three movies on Saturday, three movies on Sunday. Um, so yeah, that was, uh, it was busy and, um, that's sometimes how it goes. But that brings us to the movie of the week, folks. We are here not to talk about any of these other movies, but simply following our theme, subs, not dubs. These are, uh, movies with <coughs> not in English. Um, did you watch the subbed version, Corey? I did. I okay. thought that we had to. I also felt an obligation that we had to. Uh, kind of wishing I didn't. Hulu had uh, the choice of dub, not sub. I don't know what the American voice cast or the English voice cast uh, for Akira is good or not. Um, that's one of the things that I, I've enjoyed about Studio Ghibli. Uh, Studio Ghibli, sorry. Um in general, at least I've watched all of how Miyazaki's studio Ghibli films. And I think I've watched all of them mostly in dubbed because the voice casts are insane. Like it's hard to not, um, my neighbor Totoro has the fanning sisters as young children. Oh, yeah. Like, 
And, and then you have Christian Bale at Howl's Moving Castle, and he's so good in that. My favorite is Porco Rosso because Michael Keaton is Porco Rosso. And it's like, you got to listen to that. Um, I think there was a couple I did watch sub now that I think about it. I think I might have done um, Nausicaa in the Valley of the Wind, maybe. Um, I think I did Castle in the Sky sub, not dub. But most of the other ones I've watched the dub version because the voice cast was just so impressive. I couldn't not. Um, but because of the theme, I did go into this and I did choose subbed. I don't know if it would have made a difference if it was dubbed or not. Um, I have not, again, looked to see who's the voice cast for it, if it's anyone I would actually know. Um, but I picked this film because, um, well, it's it's been referenced by so many uh, filmmakers as an influence. And I am not very, very versed in anime at all. Um, I don't, I don't want to say I don't like anime. I obviously, uh, Studio Ghibli qualifies. I love Studio Ghibli. I especially love Howard Miyazaki. Um, I tried to get into Dragon Ball Z at one point back in like college, like so 20 years ago. I, I kind of was, but I, if I'm being true to myself now, it no. just was the same thing all the time. It, it doesn't it really was episodes for y'all to throw a Dragon Ball or Thank blow something up. Let's get. 100%. Those are not my kind of, kind of people. I'm a person of action, I say. <laughs> and I, I don't I don't like stretching something out for the sake of stretching it out. Yeah. And um that's that's true of many TV shows. There's many series where I'm like you don't need to be 13 episodes. 10 would have been sufficient. Like you three of these episodes are trash. Um and, and I get it. it happens a lot because they're trying to fill time slots and all that. Fine. Whatever. But I've not really found an anime that has pulled me um, a, a few years ago when Ghost in the Shell was being made into the live action version uh, with Scarlett Johansson, I did watch the anime that had been cited by like the Matrix. Uh, the Wachowskis had always cited it as a, as a big influence. It's a beloved anime, much like Akira. I didn't dislike Ghost in the Shell, but I didn't love it. I wasn't blown away. And that's the same experience I had with Akira. I don't think this is a bad movie. Um, I, I There were many parts of it I liked. I did think it was a little too long. <gasps> oh, is, is that what you were going to say? Or, um, I, I almost always feel that way, but, you know, I really did feel like we could have cut 30 minutes from this. I, I literally think there's a scene in this where I'm like, why did this have to happen? Because it only happens again later. Like, it doesn't make sense to me why I, I don't want to spoil anything, but a character does one thing only to then be put back in the original situation, only to do it again. I'm like, why did we do that twice? Like, that's not necessary to happen twice. It, it's it's extra. Um, but I still see, like, I can see why people would be into this, but I it just did not pull me in. Like, I was really hoping when this movie ended, I would be blown away and be like, oh my God, this is what I've always heard people talk about. Um, and more, and this is, I think, kind of telling the image that I've always associated with this movie is the, the red bike sliding on the bridge, right? Like sliding to a stop. Mm-hmm. And that happens in like the first 20 minutes of the movie. And I was really surprised because it's, it's such an iconic image to me when I think about Akira that I'm like, this has to be like the end and it's not. Um, and that's not a bad thing, but it was like how little I actually knew about this film going into it. Now, I've been reading an article um, written by, sorry, uh, it's a Washington Post article written by uh, Hao Chu. I'm so hoping I said that correctly. 
um, back in July of 2018, um, talking about the relevance of Akira still 30 years later. And I, I found out uh, one that was so obvious, and I was watching Akira, and I should have known it, but um, Eleven and Stranger Things, heavily yeah. influenced by uh, the superpowered uh, kids in this movie. Um, very obvious once I read that, too, and I was like, duh. Um, I saw a Reddit article that um, also says that maybe Chronicle uh, is similar. And if you think about like Dane DeHaan's role in Chronicle, very much feels like some of the stuff we see in this movie. Um, apparently, Kanye West, big, big fan of Akira, and his music video for Stronger has live action uh, re shot for shot remakes or recreations of scenes from this movie, which is pretty impressive because they have not done a live action movie of this, even though Jordan Peele was attached to do it for like a hot minute after get out um, and then dropped probably smartly because this film is beloved. And for the most part, live action anime adaptations, especially American ones have been terrible. Um, I, I know people hate death note. Um, Ghost in the shell was not very good. Um, and generally panned overall, obviously for whitewashing as well. Um, but I, I, there are elements to this movie I liked. I wasn't blown away by it. Um, and I don't know if maybe because I've seen so many things that have been inspired by it that it doesn't feel original. Like, even though I know it came first, it still isn't original for me. Although I do want to point out that the uh, creator, um, Ketz, I didn't do the normal spiel because I'm afraid of saying any of these names. I'm going to butcher every name I try to say. Uh, hey, thank you. Katsuhiro Otomo. I'm sure there's a there's an accent mark over that O, and I don't know how to say that, so apologies right away. But uh, is the writer director? He cites both Blade Runner and Tron as influences for him with I this movie. Need you to stop because I was thinking Blade Runner right oh, when yeah. we get the spin of the city. Mm-hmm. That is literally what it's cited is that the city is inspired by Blade Runner. It's those digital, I'm forgetting yeah, what they're called. It's the neon, uh, like, digital uh, billboards, digital uh, holograms, that kind of holograms, thing. Holograms, there we go. Um, the neo-noir uh, the neo -noir element to it, but also uh, the, what do they call it? Um, the cyberpunk uh, element is is apparently cited partly from that. And then the motorcycles and all of the, the motorcycles things were because of the Tron light bikes, um, apparently. Again, according to that same article, uh, all of that's from one article. Um, and I'd known some of that because of, you know, filmmakers talk about this movie and a lot of people cite this as a favorite. Um, and I, I, maybe if I was a kid and seeing it, I would have had that, but like, I've seen Blade Runner, I've seen Tron. We, we did Tron on this podcast. Um, and, uh, you know, I've seen other movies that have since been inspired by Akira. So I think all of those things, it just... And again, I, I don't dislike anime and I'm not opposed to the idea of it. I hope to one day find one that really clicks for me. Um, I just haven't. And I, I had hoped Akira would. Again, I, I'm not even saying I, I don't think this is bad. It's not like one of those times where we, we watch. Uh, oh, man, I can't even think of the name of the movie anymore. Um, where we watch a beloved film and you and I don't like it. This isn't that for me. But it's also, I really wanted to love this, and it, it wasn't that for me either. It's just somewhere in the middle. I, I see the good. I see why people might embrace this. For me, I was just, you know, uh, I was I was ready for it to end. And I I watched this at like 
in the middle of the afternoon, but it was, I had been up early. I, I dozed off a couple of times. Like I, I, Oh man, that does make me feel a little better. I had to check the Wikipedia. It's like, did I miss any? Nope. I yeah, didn't miss right? the plot, but it, it did feel like I was out for a few minutes and I was fighting to stay awake. Um, yep. Uh, towards and, and again there's good stuff at the end it's not even that it's it's just it was just like okay though like i i am i totally get what's happening can we can we push forward a little bit faster um it, it's two hours and, and four minutes only which to be fair sonic two hours and two minutes i don't understand why it doesn't need to at be least two there's hours a cute dog in that fair my um, favorite there's, dog there's stuff in this um but yeah, yeah dogs uh, turned off, John. So I, I've said a lot. Uh, it sounds like, are you middle with this, or do you hate this? Like, what was your take? <laughs> I was like, oh, John's gonna love this, and so I also dozed off. I had to um, break it up into different days because I just couldn't get through it. Um, I. <sighs> Hmm. I don't really like anime. I have watched a few different um, shows and I've watched a couple recently with Bill that are like very, they're like sagas, okay? They have like, you know, seasons and I love him so much and that's how you make marriages work. Sometimes you have to do stuff that you really, you know, you're not interested in. Um, But I, you know, I did it. and I know that that sounds like a broad sweeping statement, but I just, I haven't found any. I don't also, I also do not go looking for them. To be fair. To be fair. To um, be fair. Did I say that weird? No, yeah. It's, there's this great Canadian comedy show that one of my coworkers got me into called Letter Kenny. I think I've talked about it. Oh, here yeah. I've heard about it. Um, yeah. That's what, it's a running gag throughout many seasons where like, if anyone says to be fair, the rest of the group is usually four people. We'll all do like they like sing it like to be fair, to be fair, and it's it's now something I want to start because I love it so much. Letter Kenny, folks, if you're not watching it, you should check Where it out. It's on Hulu. It's on Hulu. Hulu. Um, it's like six episode seasons for the most part, and they're like thirty minute episodes. It's, so it's an easy watch. There's fifteen seasons, so it's like a lot. But at the same time, but I, it's it's not because there's only like six no. episodes. But yeah. it sounds like a good amount because when you said like mm-hmm. there's only six episodes per season and you know how they like to cancel shows. Yeah. And not it, Sulu, everybody. Um, it's very much like a lot of it's it's not a sketch show, but they do like bits. And uh, yet there is like a, a carried over narrative. The my favorite part, it's 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 kind of like a live action Canadian King of the Hill. Um, I because, love King of the Hill. Yes. It, it, so you're following. Um, they're called. uh they're basically hicks it's it, that's what they call themselves um i'm not trying to be derogatory by any means by saying that that's it's a term that's used to describe the main four but you have like other groups of different like stereotypes like there's hockey players and like there's bits with the hockey players and there's um meth heads which are called uh skids um and they're like they're emo they're, they they dance and they do the whole thing it's um they're gamers also like so they double but they they do these bits and everything ties together. It's really, it's such a progressive show in ways you wouldn't expect. Like that's one of my favorite parts. Is like you, this character, you're like, oh, I know what they're going to be like, and then they will surprise you by being so progressively minded and so funny. It, it's just, 
it's so good um cannot stress enough there's also an animated version of it that's it's one of those things where uh it it looks like a kid's show but it is not a kid's show um i've not watched the animated one yet but i've i've heard that's also good so yeah uh letter kenny check it out to be fair Corey, i also don't look up anime uh enough to like say i have i haven't dug into it enough to say i haven't found one for me but the ones that i have tried have also not worked but keep going I, i'm i'm you know you, you need to to share your thoughts on this film and why it didn't work for you um i just i was bored i just feel like i'm this will be the time that i get hate mail I well, I, I mean, I'm not saying much else. I I enjoyed elements of this. Um, there were parts where I thought it was really cool. Um, let's you know, so folks, sometimes we watch movies uh, that are beloved, and Corey and I love them. And sometimes we watch movies that are beloved, and Corey and I hate them. Um, oddly, if I feel like for a lot of the those movies, though, we it have been be. in the same mindset, though. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I don't remember one that like was beloved and one of us loved and the other one hated. I feel like we tend to follow similar uh, with that um, when we have watched these big checklist movies. Right. Like this is a this was a gap movie for me. Like I've been trying to watch Akira since I started Burke Reviews, basically, when I was like, this is an anime that people cite as like the pinnacle. And now I'm I'm reading I feel like maybe it's not that it was the pinnacle but it was like the breakthrough. It was the one that broke into American culture. People were willing to give this a chance and so maybe that's more where a lot of the love comes from cuz it does only have a 67 meta score and a 8.0 user score though. So you know, maybe it's not as well regarded as we might have thought. It's still well regarded, like it's still positive but not as beloved as I had always assumed. Well, I think that that's like the critics versus the movie lovers. Yes. Um, I mean, for sure. Uh, I don't, I haven't, I haven't clicked on the Metascore to see how I, many people. Rated I think it's, it had an 8.0 on IMDb and that's like it does. fans, right? Not like critics. That is fan base. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Um, and again, six, 67 Metascore is not a bad score at all. That's actually a very good score. Um, and it does have a few hundreds uh, from different critics on that. And um, oh wow! But you know, it's uh, I I think there's a lot of reasons um, that it might click for some and not for others. Um, but let's let's get into spoilers so we can talk about plot points that maybe bugged us or or didn't click for us or did work for us. Because again, I don't I don't hate this movie by any means. And there were parts that I found very very interesting, but there was also things that I'm like, I I don't. I don't understand why this is in this movie kind of thing. So, uh, Corey. Guys, from here on out, we are going to talk about this movie in great detail. You have been warned. So the part that I was referencing earlier, um, Tetsuo, I think that's how you say his name. Um, I, I like Tetsuo and I like Canada. Um, and we should mention this movie is allegorical pretty in a pretty straightforward way. If you are familiar with Japanese um, not not all Japanese history, but at least World War II Japanese history, in that America bombed Hiroshima with a nuclear bomb. I think most people know that. There are uh, Godzilla was inspired by the fallout of that movie. Like that was a way of reckoning with the everything that happened. This movie starts with seeing Tokyo 
uh, explode. And we later will learn that that is Akira. Akira was a telepathic uh, being who basically started a big bang that destroyed Tokyo. And this is, I forget 30 at uh, 30. He seems short. Uh, maybe it's sometime later. I think 30 years. Though. I feel like I'm saying that correctly. I think it is 30 years. We are in now Neo Tokyo, a rebuilt Tokyo. And <clears throat> it looks like it's going to happen again with this time. Tetsuo having the same powers that Akira had, although that's a gradual thing. <clears throat> Some of the stuff that didn't work for me, I, I didn't, buy into like the the rivalry between tetsuo and canada um i felt like it felt very forced that they like you're my friend but i'm mad at you and it's like well, why though i don't understand like because he took care of you like i understand like that not wanting to be in someone's shadow that is a common character or, dynamic but it just felt kind of forced. like you're weak yeah yeah that like you're patronizing me i just i don't know it felt it didn't feel genuine enough to me, or at least maybe not to motivate some of the, the conflict that happens throughout the film. And that's one of the things that drove me nuts. When Tetsuo is in the accident and gets the psychic powers, he wakes up in the hospital. He escapes the hospital, picks up his girlfriend. They get hit, attacked by the biker gang that they'd already attacked earlier in the film. She's almost raped, uh, which is what makes this movie like I, I was... I'm teaching animation, as I mentioned. So I was like, oh, maybe Akira could be one I teach. And I was like, well, no, not now. Um, but it's, it doesn't get as graphic as I thought it was about to, because it felt like, oh, no, what's happening? And then it's like people come to the rescue, which upsets Tetsuo even more. But they just take him back to the hospital again. And then he has to break out of the hospital again. And I'm like, why did he have to break out of the hospital twice? It's like the, that's one of the things that drives me nuts with the original Poltergeist. Like the movie's over, but they stay in the house and then it happens again. I'm like, why did they stay in the house? Who would stay in that house? Like, sorry, spoiler for Poltergeist, but you know, same here. I'm just like, if you're redoing the same exact scene, there has to be a really good reason for you to redo the scene. And it's again, it, it does escalate because the next time he breaks out, he has more control over his power and he just starts blowing everybody up. That's a great sequence. It's wild. It's very much what I, you know, it's the anime, like violence. And, and there's some really cool visuals. Like when he's just like flexing his mental powers and like the walls are shifting and changing. It's amazing. And Neo does that at the end of the matrix. So again, you see those influences. Um, it, it definitely has the 11 vibe of her like breaking out and just like yelling. I think at one point uh, the blood starts coming out of his nose because he's overexerting himself. That's the thing you see in a lot of movies that use telepathic powers, including again, stranger things. Uh, those scenes are great, but it's like, there's so much in between that drives me crazy. And then the, this is where I think the anime thing uh, maybe doesn't click for me, but there's a part Tetsuo's arm gets blown off by a crazy satellite laser. And he makes himself a metal arm. I'm like, okay, cool. Metal arm. That looks awesome. But then the metal arm like rebels against him and like he becomes a giant flesh what? monster. And I don't understand what the hell is happening. I'm just like, what? It's like, Why? But I've never seen the blob. Yeah, I I've, I saw one of them when I was a kid, but I have not. I, I probably should check out all of the different iterations of the blob at some point. But yeah, I didn't understand that. Still don't understand. That. I don't understand why he turns into a flesh monster. From what I read, there's no explanation. It just happens. And I, I'm just like. 
I understand. I, I guess it's he's losing control of his powers, or he doesn't know how to control his powers. But it doesn't. I don't know. It just feels like random thing that we needed another fight. Wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Also, like, what's with the other um children? They look old. I just never explained, right? Um, they're different colors. They're like pastel. It's kind of. I think it's kind of explained in that. Uh, I think their powers are aging them, but they're like in an arrested development state of like. I don't know. I I also don't feel like the Akira things ever fully fleshed out all the way, and like it's like Akira happened. Is it was Akira evil? Was it an accident? I don't understand that part of it. Like nobody fights Akira in this. I, I honestly don't... The movie feels like it should be called Tetsuo instead. Um, clearly, I feel like I'm missing something. And that's why I don't feel a strong connection to this movie. And again, I I did doze off. I did not go back and rewatch I, the parts that I, I fell asleep in. But. I did rewind and rewatch. And still. Also, I'm going to say this. So, like, usually I don't... I don't watch things with dub. Uh, that I can think of. Um, and I don't like that Netflix like automatically does shows and stuff in your, you know, mm-hmm. language. Native language. Really you have to go boring. searching. You can change it, but you have to go yeah, change you have it. To go looking for it. Um, but I think that this movie was far too dialogue heavy mm. and there were way too many subtitles and they went too fast. I did think the subtitles went fast. Um, like they're like, I'm like, okay, hold on. You, you can't, like you can't have so few words on the screen at a time if you're going to move them that quickly. Like you got to stretch it across the screen um, and give and, me a second to read it. Yeah. And there would be like the equivalent of like two sentences and it would be like, bleep, bloop, and it's gone. And I thought it was weird that all the stuff that was written on the walls was like down in the subtitle, same subtitle area. It got a little confusing. Um, and Bill said that like now, or, you know, more recently, like if there's graffiti on the wall, he's seen in anime in, in different shows or movies or something where they'll like put the subtitle over the like where it is instead of putting it down with the dialogue, so it's not as yeah. So confusing. you're looking at where you're you're looking at the location where you would read it if it were in English, but it's not. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, I've seen that too. Um, I just. I don't know. That was really frustrating to me. It made it even harder because I felt like I really couldn't watch a lot of what was going on screen. And that's really saying something guys, because I watch every single thing in my home with subtitles on. Yeah. Um, And there's, there's a lot, there's a lot of characters that I don't fully like, I don't think they really add to the story. Like the Ryu character, I'm assuming it's pronounced Ryu because of street fighter. If I'm wrong, I'm sorry. Like, um, he is the 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 girl that Canada is trying to hook up with. Who she's like the resistance like person, double eight, some kind of agent. And there's like Ryu, and it's like, are they a couple? Because that seems weird. Because he seems way older than her. And then, um, but then like Ryu's whole like organization, they're also evil, and like he gets like betrayed. Like there's all that going on. I'm just like, just too much. There's so much. There's so much. It's like I don't know. That we need so now to be fair, to be fair, um, th- this is the movie comes out before the the manga is finished, so there's like a Game of Thrones element to it, right? Where like 
they are they're they are concluding it before the books are done and that could be part of the problem um it could be too that because it's a manga maybe cramming it all into one movie isn't the right call right like sometimes if a book is 400 pages and you're put making a two two hour movie you can't do all of the stuff from the book you gotta cut some stuff out and so maybe that's why it feels that way to us is like we're like this this storyline feels either underdeveloped or unnecessary based on the main story like i need the story of canada and tetsuo first make sure that's cemented key is important because key plays a factor in all of it and it's almost implied that she is going to still be a telepath like that she's going to have powers that come later um or maybe not almost implied like I, i definitely think that's the implications of the end of the film that she has abilities that are just starting to to open up okay cool there's an interesting allegory of um of japan because we have the big bang that starts it destroys japan and now here's tetsuo again starting world war three essentially um or i think maybe oh. the first thing started world war three so like there is there's definitely allegory here uh, i get that cool um i don't know fully what the commentary is about the allegory but that's maybe i need to watch it a, a, an additional time to really get all of that but it does feel like there's a lot of excess that could be trimmed and maybe make this focus in on like the core story for me, obviously a lot of people disagree with us because a lot of people love this movie. Um, I did read on the art style that uh, unlike a lot of other animes, they were going for more of a realism um, with the, like obviously there's like futuristic stuff, so that's not real, but like, as far as like the people, they, they don't have giant anime eyes or things like that. And, that's interesting because maybe that was also part of the thing that threw me off as I was maybe expecting more of an anime look and it, it feels very eighties and like 80s sci-fi, which is kind of cool and unique to this style. I was, I did find myself thinking though, that if this was a live action movie, I might've been more invested. Interesting. Um, And you know, again, it's, it, it's such a beloved film. I would be surprised if it does not become one at some point. Um, I don't know. I, I didn't, I didn't dislike ghost in the shell. Didn't love it. Um, didn't dislike this. Definitely didn't love it. I, I think I like ghost in the shell a little more than this. Um, overall. Uh, but a uh, ghost in the shell is much more like matrix oriented. Um, I think, uh, I have not seen a lot of the other big eighties anime films and, Ah man, I I I am a firm believer that no no one should ever say a genre is not for them because I think there is a film in every genre for everyone. Not every film is for everyone, but there is at least one film in every genre that will work for you, but the I only way to find it is to keep looking. Feel attacked. I I it yes. every time you say that. Uh, but I say it to many people cuz every there's always a person who goes I don't like this genre. And I used to say that a lot about horror and I've clearly turned a page on that. I have found a lot of horror films that really, really connect for me and some that I used to think I didn't like. Um, like I feel like when I first saw the Babadook, I didn't love it. And now I think it's a masterpiece. Um, I've really turned about like the allegorical nature of horror films have really become a big thing for me. Um, I still don't love all, every horror movie I see though, but I'm much more open to the genre yeah, than I used to be. Sure, and that, but that's true of, and again, 
what's junk to one person is is treasure to another. I think though that what you're saying might be true, but I think that if it's something that doesn't necessarily call to you, why would you want to like invest all that time trying to find the one that does? I I think my point isn't necessarily that you should invest the time as much as be open to something because you could be wrong. Um, assuming that you won't like something because of its generic nature is not letting it do the thing it's trying to do. And if you're open to the possibility that a movie might work for you um, and you're watching it, you, you didn't watch Akira trying to find out if anime films work for you. You watched it for this podcast. You watched it because I picked it. You watched it because of the theme or like, like last week John made me do it. Well, like last week when we watched Onibaba, yeah. we watched it um, for a multitude of reasons. But what if you were to say you don't like samurai films? Technically, Onibaba's categorized as a samurai film, but it's not a traditional samurai film at all. But it gets lumped into it. So again, you you might have dismissed it if you if you had seen Seven Samurai. You're like, I don't like samurai movies. And then you skipped Onibaba. I do love Seven Samurai, just for everyone who's listening. But I'm using that as an example. Don't send any hate mail. Is if you go into something with a preconceived notion, you might miss something that's really important. Is I guess my point is I'm, I encourage everyone to be open to a possibility. Not necessarily. I'm not going to sit and watch every anime movie ever made, but I don't feel like I have a, enough experience to be a, to be able to claim I don't like anime. Um, I have not liked all of the anime that I've watched. I've seen enough studio. Uh, Ghibli films to know that I definitely like some and I like elements of the anime that I've seen. Um, I, I have yet, I don't think I've seen one that I absolutely hated where like I have seen some horror films that I was like mad at, you know? <laughs> yeah. But I don't think I've done that with an anime film. I don't think I found one where I'm just like, Oh, this is just absolute garbage. It's just like, man, I really don't feel drawn into this i don't feel connected to this i don't i don't have a desire to like like everything everywhere all at once i am like screaming to everyone to go see that movie it's a, it's a movie that i feel the need to advocate for he has posted about it as me everywhere. as your witness on snapchat the instagram and the twitter yep. you don't and really don't log on to facebook so i haven't checked there nope i don't check there yet but and yeah. I also I don't um I don't usually post on Snapchat like as a, no. as a story. And I was like, I just need everyone who's ever talked to me to see this movie, um, especially because it's playing at our local theater this weekend. And I'm like, yes, because I have unlimited and I'm going to see it at least twice next week. Um, I can't wait to see it again. And it is I, I the best part about it is if like if you're like, oh, this guy's crazy. Look at what other film critics are saying. People are raving about how good this movie is. It is like it is one of those moments that people will look back and regret not having seen it in the theater because it is going to be a monumental film at some point. I think it'll be heralded as like the, the same as like the matrix is now it will be held up there as one of these game changing movies. And I'm trying to get as many people in the front door as possible. Be on the ground floor of this doesn't come out until Friday, right? It officially came out last Friday. Um, I don't have it at my theater. It, it, it's A24, so it's getting kind of a staggered release. They they tested mm-hmm. it last week. Um, okay. It did apparently well enough that it's getting expanded. Because uh, I our mall 
did not get it last week. We're getting it this oh. week, and I'm super stoked. We are getting it on Friday. I don't think we have it on Thursday. No, because it's already technically out. That's the catch. It, they don't do a Thursday premiere for a movie that's already out, you know, um, which is <laughs> I know it's weird, but that is how the system works. Um, but yeah, it, it does seem to be expanding this week. Uh, again, it's getting. I, I have never seen this many positive reviews from a, about a movie. Um, the slash film cast or the, they're just the film cast. Now they did their whole episode on it. Anywho, I don't mean to, to keep, we've done this a lot because we don't have a lot to say about Akira apparently, but oh, no. um, I've been caught. <laughs> uh, that was, that's a movie. I don't even remember why I brought that up, but I feel like that's a movie that some people would see the trailer and be like, that's not for me. It is for you. It, the title is not just a, a catchy name. It is literally everything. There's like, everything you could want from a movie is in this movie and it is a, it's a masterpiece. I, I want everyone to know if you love Akira, you should love Akira. Like there's nothing wrong with that. I am, I have taken my Mr. Rogers mindset over the last four years and really tried to embrace that. I, I am guilty of still making jokes when someone says they, they don't like something I love or vice versa. If they say they love something I dislike, I am quick to be like, well, you're wrong or people can be wrong. But I, I do mean that as a joke. I, I, I love that there's so many different types of art. In fact, um, while prepping um, my, my uh, students for the Midnight Special, I was watching an interview with Ethan Hawke. Um, and uh, Ethan Hawke, of, a couple of years ago, I guess had said something negative about like the comic book movies that were coming out, which a lot of actors and, and filmmakers have said. And of course now Ethan Hawke is in the Moon Knight TV series. Um, but he was the, the interview I saw, he was defending his stance and he was uh, more or less clarifying. And he, he was like, I wasn't saying I don't think comic book movies should be made. He was complaining that the studios only back those movies, that they only market out. those movies. And what he ends up, the, the way he ends this interview was the, the thing that I love the most. He said, there's no game to be won. That's not what art is. And that was the last sentence of a, a much longer um, uh, video. But ultimately he was saying like, movies aren't designed to compete against each other because they all can exist. Like you can have your Marvel movies and you can have your weird indie art house movie with a lighthouse and a guy you know, killing seabirds and they can both exist. One is not trying to beat the other now box office and in the studio's eyes, of course, but the, when Robert Eggers made the lighthouse, he wasn't trying to outshine the MCU. He was just making the art he wanted to make. And there's a place for all the art. So if Akira is yours, love it, embrace it, tell everyone you can, to watch it. And when you find someone who agrees with you, you will have a great conversation. And when you find someone like us who doesn't love it, maybe you'll be irritated. You'll be irked that we don't love it because you do, but know that I want you to love whatever it is that you love. And that's true. I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like this is a level of maturity that I've gotten to after six years of, of actively watching everything I can. And feeling guilty if I don't watch something. I, I I feel so guilty if I don't watch a new movie um, every day because I'm, I want to see as many movies as I can because I do have a new appreciation for things. Um, because 
I, I, I used to say I, I don't like musicals. That was an active thing for me. And I know, Corey, you still don't. But no, I've, but I've watched a few. But I've seen a lot now that I love. There are still several I don't. I still don't understand why Grease is so popular. I don't, God, it's terrible. I don't, I don't even hate it at this point, but I still don't like it. I don't get why so many people do. Again, though, listeners, if that's your movie, love it. Watch it. Sing the songs. There are I, there are mu- musicals for me that do that for me. That's just not it. I will watch Once forever. I love Once. I can. I I love Sing Street. John Carney. Those two movies speak to me so hard. We'll watch them over and over again forever. Don't need to ever see Grease again. I'll be very happy if I don't. Kathy loves it, so I will see it again for sure. But you know, um, but again, much like with Akira, to to wrap up this ramble. It's not for us. We we gave it a try. I might try it dubbed to see if that clicks any more. I don't know how bad the dub version might be. Because, um, again, th- there were parts of this that I did like. So I'm not willing to dismiss it. And, again, I don't think anything is bad here. I, I had no specific complaints outside of those little plot things. And it does feel a little bloated to me. Or... Maybe it should have been a series and not a single movie. I'm not sure. But I still see the influence. I still see why people do love this. Again, it just seems to be not my my uh, natural aesthetic. So um, we have liked some, though. We've, we've done some Studio uh, Ghibli films on here, and we also did A Silent Voice and Your Name. And I think we both loved those movies, or at least strongly liked those movies, where Akira uh, just didn't quite click for us. Um, I'm going to say, uh, for me, it's a decent watch. I, it feels like yours might be a little lower. Yes. But not, have... not not avoid like the plague. Mm-hmm. Nah. Um, but I'd rather just watch Blade Runner. Uh, not a total waste of time. Yeah, I, <laughs> what I, I was going to say. <laughs> I was going to say, I also would rather watch Blade Runner. Um, uh, although, to be fair, I like the bike stuff in this more than the stuff in Tron because Tron looks real bad in my opinion. Oh like, it, gosh, I don't like Tron either. Yeah, we—I don't think either of us really liked it. Um, I think Tron was more of like a relic of its time. I think when you—if you saw it as a kid when it came out, and it was on like, the big yes. screen, like <gasps> you know. Yeah. But now it's like uh, it's been done so much better since this movie. But okay, again, I appreciate what it did. We needed that stepping stone to get to the stuff that is better. So I appreciate it as a historical like landmark, but I don't think it's a masterpiece of a film by any means. Um, and I think Akira is better than that. But again, it's for me, it's just not it's just not a movie that I loved. And I, I'm OK with that. Um, I, I can totally understand why other people do. Um, I think I've I've time and time again, the, the anime that I've tried has just not. The traditional when we think of anime like this style has not really clicked for me. So maybe like uh, the more dramatic anime, like Studio Ghibli, Your Name, um, uh, like the Silent Voice, those seem to work for me. And those are not when I when I think anime, I do think Dragon Ball Z, Naruto, Bleach. Those were the the the, the shows that my friends were watching that I never got into. And I feel like Akira is more in line with that. And as much as I love martial arts too, and I love martial art movies. That style of anime just has not clicked for me. And it's it it kind of upsets me that it hasn't because again, it's it's it feels like it should. 
and it just there's just something keeping me at a distance that I, I can't quite put my finger on. So, uh, not to keep justifying our dislike of this movie, let's look ahead. Uh, next week will be week four of five, though, for subs not dubs, and we're watching um, a movie that is a beloved classic, The Four Hundred Blows. Um, Corey has never seen it. I've seen it only once, so I am actually looking forward to rewatching it um, because I did like it. But I didn't love it the first time. And I, I definitely feel like my ability to watch a movie like this has increased greatly from the year I, I watched it in my first year. And so I'm looking forward to rewatching 400 Blows. It is on, I believe, HBO Max right now. They have It's part of all those criterions they have. Yep. Uh, Francois Truffaut, uh, obviously an important filmmaker and all the more reason I want to revisit this. Um, I did give it four and a half stars. So I, I, I always, I apparently liked it more than I remember liking it. I, I, I thought it was like my memory of it's more of like four stars. And apparently at the time that I was like, yes, 400 blows. So looking forward to rewatching it see how it hits me this time. Um, I remember liking the bicycle thieves more and we, we both like bicycle thieves, but we'll see. We're going to revisit this. We'll be back next week to talk about that. In the meantime, if you want to give us crap about not loving Akira or uh, tell us your thoughts on any of the movies from Subs Not Dubs Month, you can hit us up on social media. I'm at Burke Reviews and Corey. At Corey, our star, two R's on the end. And we ask that if you like what we're doing here at Movie Club, that you give us that five-star rating on whatever podcast listener you use. It helps other people find the show. Um, and with that, we say keep watching movies. Hey, this is Matt from What I Watch Tonight. Come join me in the back row for movie discussion, retrospective episodes with guests, director-focused shows, end-of-year rankings, start-of-the-year predictions, and much, much more. There's more going on in the back row than you might think. This has been a Burke Reviews podcast. BurkeReviews.com.